Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A, where we declared Thad the winner of the ABSA for excellence in this podcast. We are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Lauren, and I'm here with Thaddeus and Tom discussing Bill's autobiography, the second of three episodes in our Bill Bastic units. We're going to kick off part B by taking a second look at our ABSA fever categories from part A. The contestants will get to share what other items they had on their lists, and I, as host, will get to give my favorites from the episode as well. Let's start with round A, uh, favorite scenes. So, Tom, what were some of the other favorite scenes you had on your list? Uh, I guess the cold open would be would probably be my next one that we didn't cover. Um, you know, Starting with the knock knock joke, the uh, <laughs> rather rather unfinished knock knock joke. <laughs> I could tell you were reluctant to say that. <laughs> I could sense it. That's all I have so far. But as as I pointed out, that did uh, set up it was foreshadowing for the the rest of the episode. So yeah, and I liked how um, I like that joke of like you know. Bill comes in, he asks him to sign the form, and then Bill leaves. Lisa comes in, what's this? Oh, Bill's writing a book. Then Bill comes back, don't tell anyone. Well, I told Lisa, I told you not to tell anyone. <laughs> like, like five exactly. seconds ago, you told me not to tell anyone. <laughs> that was, it, I mean, it's a cheap yeah. joke, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good scene. Dad, what's another scene on your list? Um, another scene was actually was Jimmy telling Bill how he's going to promote the book. Uh, and you get first of all, first of all, you get Bill's face the entire time, and it is <laughs> unbelievable. You know, like you can see the fear as Jimmy's building this up. You know, and then you get the the Dave and uh, Jimmy guessing game. Like, who's that guy? You know, that the other one, yeah, him. Uh, so I, I think that scene—that's another one of my favorite scenes, just just all the way around. God, it's really big. That was. <laughs> Yeah. That was high on my list. Blood's still not dead. Well, we've talked about how we love those back yeah. and forth Jimmy and Dave um, dialogue couplets, and um, I love that immediately when Jimmy says, "Who's that guy who's really big?" <laughs> Dave already knows he's talking about physically large. Right, yeah. he, Jimmy wants to know who is someone who's physically large, not someone who's like you know got a big personality or yeah. something. <laughs> that was really great. Um, I really like the staff meeting scene where everyone's yep. trying to come up with titles for Bill's book. That was mm. a great scene. Um, the, you know, everyone's pitching in and you get to see everyone's ideas and Dave getting frustrated and Matthew <laughs> chucking the yes, tape at Dave. The tape Dave. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that was a really great scene. And of course, then Dave just gives up and is like, everybody go back to work. Yeah, that, that means you too, Matthew. <laughs> 
good scenes. Um, Tom, did nope. you have any more? No, nope. pretty much covers it. Yeah. That's your list. How about you? Ben? Yeah, I've got one more, and that is the uh, the ending. Uh, just just the Bill and Dave laughing to Lisa coming in and them straightening up. Like, you know, stopping and trying to be super serious to then overacting. Yeah. So there's nothing more I can do. No, that will be quite great. For you. You know, like, it's like community again, theater or something. It's so good. But it's like, yeah, like they're laughing yeah. and just like they cut it off right away and try to get real serious as if she hadn't heard them laughing. And then, you know, and then just over the top. Yeah, that's uh, I thought that was a really good scene. That, that joke alone just makes me laugh just the way they played it. Yeah. Um, the only other one I had is sort of part of that scene. It's, it's like right before that when Bill comes in and said he's like, he hit rock bottom. The climb, climb, climb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's waxing poetic about how he hammered out the first three chapters of his book and only to reveal it was all a ruse. And, you know, I always love it when Dave and Bill are on the same side. Yeah. And so when, when it's revealed that they were on the same side all along, but it was a trick, that that's just like a double bonus. Um and Bill still behaves like a total ass, even though Dave is trying to throw him a lifeline. Right. That's that was just like icing on the yeah. cake. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quotes, um, Thad. What are some of your other favorite quotes from this episode? Um, so it, it's got to be when Bill, after right after Mister James mistakes his uh, his run into well, I believe Ross Perot with Dan Rather and all that, and Bill sits down at the desk and you've got Dave and Lisa over the shoulder, and he goes Chicago, <laughs> 1968, Democratic <laughs> Convention, hippies and yippies alike, and there's just something about the way he says hippies and yippies alike yeah. that I just absolutely love it. Like I mean, Dar- Daily Thugs, all that stuff, but I was trying real, real hard to find a way to put that into the the most usable quotes, <laughs> and I was just like That's that. A- that is such one. a stretch. That is a stretch, <laughs> like, yeah. But just hippies and yippies alike. <laughs> yeah. There I was like, in my room. Drinking. Drinking. But yeah, that's a, that's a quote. There's, when he says that, I crack up every time. That's one of mine. Oh, it's a great one. A great line reading, too. Yeah. Um, Tom, what's one of your other quotes from this episode favorite quotes. uh it's it's in the bar scene and it's bill saying you told him didn't you <laughs> but told him what <laughs> that my life couldn't fill up a haiku much less a book <laughs> the haiku much yeah. less a book is uh, always crack me up yeah that's a great line i love that one <laughs> seems like um a brief moment of clarity right, for yeah. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not the most self-aware person, and I feel like throughout this episode, he gets some moments of clarity and like sees himself the way other people <laughs> see him for a moment. Right. For a moment, and then of course, just goes back to you know his delusional psychosis or whatever he usually lives in. <laughs> I really like uh, you old son of a biscuit <laughs> Mostly just because I like phrases where you think someone's about to cuss and right. then they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Always funny, right? That is a good one. Um, I also did have um, No I'm Being Incredibly Sarcastic on my list, which was um, Tom's. What, Tom's pick. Um, did did anyone pick A2, Jimmy? No, no that's, that's all my list. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. I don't yeah. want to get ahead of you. Okay, Thad, what's another one? Well, I mean, talk, talk about A2, A2, Jimmy. Like, talk, let's, it's on all our lists. Let's, let's get out of the way now. I'm um, going to do another one. I think it's a great line 
anytime you want to play up as if someone stabbed you in the back <laughs> because like obviously if someone really stabbed you in the back you probably don't want to meet them with a joke right like yeah. that's not yeah no you're gonna have other types of words for them but if like if you felt like you were just barely slighted or maybe they didn't even realize i feel like then this is a great line to pull out to just make it very very dramatic yes. <laughs> like just draw attention to the fact that they they accidentally slighted you in some well, way again it, it makes it personal like that's you know it's from julius caesar you know and it's about Mark Anthony getting stabbed in the back. Or no, I'm sorry, Mark Anthony uh, stabbing Brutus in the back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brutus stabbing Julius Caesar in the back. That's correct. Julius Caesar says go. that to Brutus. <laughs> That's right. Um, man. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'll just name everybody else who's in that <laughs> Mark um, Anthony, Jennifer person. Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ben Affleck was ben out of nowhere. It was like, yo. <laughs> um... No, but it's it's a personal, it's a personal thing. You know, like it's not business, it's not that. It's like really you two. Like I thought we were friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think mm-hmm. that's really what kind of like adds, like you said, like adds a little bit of that melodrama to it, and that he's yeah. gonna blow it up as if he has a book written at this point, <laughs> like as if he's really gonna do something. Uh, he, you know, and he blasts it off. Ah, just kidding, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that line a lot. That was a good one. Tom, you have any other quotes? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Let's see. Last night, I've hit my emotional bottom, and I have you people to thank for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's very useful, too. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I would like that for, like, um, anytime you want to make someone feel bad for something. Or, or even if you don't, if they didn't do anything wrong at all, like maybe, maybe they didn't do anything to uh, send you towards that rock bottom. You just want to make them feel responsible somehow. Um I do like computers can be so unintimate. <laughs> and I feel like this is one you could paraphrase a lot. Like anytime someone yeah. calls anything at all intimate, just look for the opposite mm-hmm. of that and call it unintimate. <laughs> <laughs> and the less sense it makes, the better. <laughs> um, you got any more, Thad? Yeah, I got two more. Um, I've got your true sense of comfort, Lisa. <laughs> when she tells him that not everybody spends all day thinking about him, I'm like... That's uh, again a little bit of the delivery and and just the disconnected. You know, it's like a disconnected answer for the situation. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the ones that I liked. That's a good one, <laughs> Tom. Uh, this one's a little dark, but uh, the whole episode's kind of dark. But does it involve a gun with a mouthpiece? <laughs> Oof, yeah, as soon as is, you said dark, dark, I knew that was going to be it. <laughs> that is like. <laughs> I mean, for over the whole series, that is like one of the darkest lines they've uh, got. Yeah. Like, uh, ooh, yeah. wow. <laughs> and the the first of two suicide jokes I yeah. think he makes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think so. Yeah, yeah ooh, it does like, not age well. No, <laughs> no, not really. Well. God, and the enthusiasm with which he delivers the lines, <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like he's excited about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, brutal. Um, I like, what is your obsession with that song? (laughs) I I think you could probably use that in real life, but replace song with whatever the relevant topic is. But I think it's funnier if it's the very Hmm. first time that person has brought whatever that thing is up, (laughs) but the other people in the room don't know that. (laughs) So you're just making it look like they're obsessed with something that they're not. Just throwing people under the bus here. Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) 
making enemies left and right. All right, Thad, you got any more? I got one more. This is the last one. Okay. Uh, it's the way that Catherine says, he hasn't written a word, has he? <laughs> like, again, the, the her reactions, again, are on point. Like, I'm absolutely starting to watch for every episode. It's fantastic. But just the, the delivery of that. Uh, yeah. Just boom it's like going into a laugh like getting more joyous as the phrase goes on like she's trying to exercise restraint but as she goes on she just cannot <laughs> yeah they have the backs of the booth trying to pretend you know again and that's that's what i got the idea of like he's in the booth and all of a sudden they all turn around and wave out <laughs> yeah. like i'm just like oh, oh that can't be good yeah. <laughs> tom did you have any more uh and this is probably my last one that's all I really have so far. <laughs> just thinking, like, you know, the fact that he's, he's basically started this knock-knock joke and it just it's his name and there's no, no ending to it at uh, all. It's great. And that he doubled down on it. Like, right, like, yeah, you have to ask. that yeah, it was yeah. a knock-knock knock joke. Knock-knock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, my last one is going to be... Um, it kind of goes along with my life couldn't fill up a haiku, much less a book. But I like when he says, the problem as I see it is I have absolutely no personality of my own. <laughs> 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 kind of the same thing. Like, it's a moment of self-awareness. <laughs> and um, if you read um, the Phil Hartman biography, that seems kind of true of him. Like, a lot of people thought mm. he got so lost in his characters that he, he forgot who he was as a person. Like, hmm. like he got he got to the point where he couldn't drop the character anymore. He was always doing a bit, right. kind of. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Anyhow, so is that it for quotes? Yeah, yep. I think we talked about them all. I think we touched on practically every line in the script because they were all so good. <laughs> Very close. All right. Before we move on to the next category, we're going to learn some fun facts about things mentioned in this episode in a segment we call Half-Truths and Gorilla Dust with Tom. Thank you, Lauren. Um, today's Half-Truths and Gorilla Dust, uh, we had a lot of mentions, a lot of name drops, a lot of uh, stuff, so we'll... Keep it kind of boiled down because everything would take too long and nobody wants to hear me drone on for half an hour. Um, anyway, we touch on the Pentagon Papers, which were um, documents that were uh, about the Vietnam conflict, basically uh, Southeast Asia, military involvement there. Um, they were leaked to the New York Times. They were classified documents that had been put together by Robert McNamara, who was uh, John F. Kennedy and I believe later Lyndon Johnson's, Johnson's Secretary of State. Um, anyhow, those documents got leaked um, and showed that we that the U.S. had a greater involvement in um, in Southeast Asia than had been uh, assumed and had been led on. Um, so anyway, that's what the Pentagon Papers are, and of course, Bill didn't know what that was um twice, <laughs> twice. Uh, another of the mentions that uh comes around twice it, horse with no name um which is by the band america um horse with no name was uh released on christmas eve 1971 in the uk and a couple weeks later here in the u.s the writer of the song uh dewey bennell he had only he was only 19 when he wrote the song um and it came out just before his 20th birthday. Uh, he was born in 
uh, Harrogate London, the America is a actually an English band um, built by uh, or put together with uh, like Air Force brats that were living over in England uh, wound up staying there. Um, and he was born in a town where my family used to live uh, before I was born. So kind of cool. Um, anyway, we also have Howard Stern mentioned uh, at the time. Like I said, he had private parts. That was the book. Um, that Howard Stern put out, um, 1993, the movie came out in 1997. Um, he was kind of a big deal at that point, I guess still kind of is, you know, can't go, go to a golf tournament without somebody yelling out Baba Booey, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, also had some mentions of some authors, uh, including Norman Mailer, uh, talked about him and, punching people apparently uh not really a chill dude uh this guy stabbed his one of his wives he was married six times one of his his wives he stabbed um nearly killing her she didn't die um he wrote he had at least 11 best-selling novels post-world war ii he's pretty pro- prolific that way um but uh he was also a director and had some uh, like avant-garde type of films and one of them is with Rip Torn, um, the actor Rip Torn, and they have this brawl, and it's it's on YouTube. If you ever want to look that up, Norman Mailer and Rip Torn, it's crazy. Like, I think Rip Torn hits Mailer with a hammer, and uh, Rip Torn bites uh, his bites uh, Norman Mailer's ear, or vice versa. Yeah, it's it's wild. So if you want to oh. check that out. Um, <laughs> We also had a mention of Tavern on the Green. Uh, we're talking about Dan yep. Rather, um, <laughs> but uh, Tavern on the Green. Uh, we've we've talked about this before, but I don't, I don't think it's it's come out yet. But the um, the price of the burger <laughs> at Tavern on the Green is is pretty outstanding. Uh, it would cost you to get a burger and fries forty four dollars at Tavern on the Green. Forty four dollars. So like thirty dollars for the burgers, fourteen dollars for the fries, up to seventeen if you get the fancier ones. So. Bring your uh, yeah. bring your good credit card, you know the, the one that's paid up. Uh, if you want to go there. Yeah. Anyway, that is uh, half truths and gorilla dust. Well, thank you, Tom, for those half truths. Excellent flavor on the gorilla dust this week. <laughs> it's a tasty burger. <laughs> All right, now we're going to move on to favorite gags. So. Tom, what were some favorite gags still on your list? Um, Bill's drinking being something that he recalls all the time and then seemingly has, is still having those those same problems because, you know, they go to the bar. Sometimes man has to drink alone, all those types of things. Um, yeah, just and they keep talking about it and like the beer sp- spilled on the paper and, uh, you know, all of his college shenanigans. <laughs> I like that he has to leave a bar to go get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thad, uh, you have any other gags you wanted to talk about? Um, everything I have, I think we kind of we kind of got to um, so far. So uh, to be you know the tape recorder gag because the song is so big for everybody. Like you know we we regularly still kind of make jokes about that song. 
So I, I know that's big. Um, I'm just going to run through like the name drops and the illusions, which mm-hmm. Tom just talked about in the in the fun facts. Like just the pure number of name drops that we had in this episode. Um, the Mexican bar as a after work setting. You know, like, I think that's a good gag. And then my last one is just the, the Mr. James and Dave, the couplet game, as you said. Yeah. You're like, who's that guy that's really big? Like, <laughs> and Dave, confused. Andre the Giant? <laughs> no, nah, the, the one that's not dead. And then David knows exactly what he yeah. means. Like, look at his face. He goes, oh, Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah, like they've like, been through this before or something. <laughs> like, something like, oh, like yeah, we, yeah, we've had this conversation. They're like a married couple a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so again, like I think we touched on literally like, all of those so far in the, in the show between part A and, and so far in part B. Uh, but that's that's my list, and uh, my favorite is definitely the them two going back and forth like that. Okay, um, I've got a few that I th- that we've only kind of in part touched on some some we haven't talked about. Um, okay. the, so we've talked about the cardboard cutout of Bill. Um, I, I do think the funniest part of it is the title to come on the mm-hmm. book. Um, and so it's it's funny when Mr. James brings it in, and it's funny again when he snaps it in half. But I think the funniest part of it is when um, Dave trips over it and it falls flat on its face. It's <laughs> such like a metaphor, like like you are literally falling flat on your face right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the gag of Joe showing up late to everything and not knowing what's going on. I thought that was a funny kind of running gag through the thing. Like first in the scene where um, Dave is telling everyone that Bill hasn't written a word. He's late to that meeting. And then there's the scene in the bar where Joe walks in and he starts talking about (laughs) Bill read the best weather. And then uh, when he shows Bill's late to work and Matthew tells Joe Bill killed himself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh man. Um, I got a couple more, but Tom, did you have any others? Uh, no, actually, that was that was my next one. Was the was the cutout? I oh. thought that was great. Yeah. So sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's great. <laughs> um, Thad, you said you pretty much went through your list, right? I'm tired. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, we kind of talked about all the double crossing, uh, so I won't go into that. All the double crossing at the end. Um, the Pentagon Papers. You just brought up. I, the only other thing I would mention about that is that the fact that both Dave and Lisa brought it up separately makes me think that they must have just been talking about the Pentagon Papers, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like it, right. it implies that they've been discussing it separately, like together. <laughs> um, it, the comparisons to Dan Rather as like a running gag is funny. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just uh, the running gag through the series of people just casually and unapologetically hating on Wisconsin. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> artificial light is impressive to you. <laughs> you know? Oh, I can't believe we left that out of the line. That, that is a great line. <laughs> Again, Bill, you can't be sympathetic for Bill at any point. No. Every time you're about to feel it, he says something or does something that you're just like, oh, this guy's a jerk. Yep. Yep. He, he cancels it out. <laughs> yep. Tom, did you have any other gags, or was that no? That was it. That that yeah. Okay, I think we I think we hit them all. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, favorite aspects or background catches. Um, and Thad, let's go to you first. What else is on your list? Um, all right, so I got a couple of these. The first one is that Matthew stays in the coffee stained shirt that happens in the cold open. The end of which he gets uh, Bill bumps into Dave or whatever. Dave spills the coffee cup on Matthew's shirt. 
that's how we we go into the theme song and then I was, I was watching i'm like is he still in the same shirt he changed looked like he stayed in the same shirt with the same coffee stain you know for uh for the rest of that fictional day huh i had not noticed that i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch again because it was such yeah. like a like you barely get the spill before they cut to the right. opening credits. Right. It's like they they just barely got that in. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like somebody might have um, broke like right then, and they just had to cut it off, like just chop it down. Well, I assume they were trying to do that thing, right, where they're always trying to do something to Matthew right. and the network. And, yeah. and the network didn't want them right. to. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna slide like, it in. <laughs> so exactly right. Like there's nothing going on, and for no reason, he just has it spilled on him, like. I figured that was more just a shot at the network. I don't even think there was a joke after that. I think that was literally just <laughs> like, nope, you think we're good? Not ah, surprised. The last second. I didn't notice that he stayed in it the whole time, though, because Matthew wears so much brown anyway, you know? Yeah, it's like a bluish grayish type shirt. Okay, I'm going to have to look at that. And I can't remember what I was looking for, but then I was like, wait a minute, is he still in that shirt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Tom. What are some of your other favorite aspects or background catches? Well, it's weird because I'm watching this now on Amazon um, and I had the the captions on, which is a luxury that never before would I have because my my knowledge of Portuguese is just not very good. Um, (laughs) Because like the DVDs, (laughs) that was all you could get as far as subtitles was Portuguese for some reason. (laughs) I don't know. Big in Brazil, I suppose. Um, Anyhow. In the captions on this, I, when Lisa says about Howard Stern, oh, is it about lesbians and sports banking? That's what I thought. But on the, the captions say yeah. sports banking. Yes. <laughs> so oh. I, I always thought it was oh. the same. Th- I, I had the same misunderstanding as you. I thought it was sports banking. Yes. From yeah. listening to the episode. Yeah. And I've been... Um, reading the transcripts online for various Mm -hmm. projects and stuff, including this project and saw that it said sport spanking. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very different joke. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Much more on brand for how we're starting now. Well, and it makes like the next line make more sense about like Dave is like, um, I hope so, you know, and (laughs) and Lisa's like, Oh, I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah, I had that exact yeah. same misunderstanding. I don't know. I guess it's just the way the words are parsed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice catch. Um, this was just a sort of a nice touch that I saw. Um, when In that scene where Dave is telling everyone that Bill hasn't written a word and they're all about to turn around and, like, you know, wave at him in the booth, um, <laughs> it's framed in just such a way so that the cardboard cutout of him is sort of behind them and it almost looks like he's included in the group like like he's still standing there in the shot or something i don't know it's i i have to imagine it was intentional just the way it was so perfectly placed um Hmm. i just thought it was a nice touch true what else you guys got what do you got thad um so my my next one is bill's outfits being so drastically different Mm. um i know i started off actually by being like wow bill's not wearing a tie and that was kind of like the first thing i noticed about the episode you know, um, and then and then we get into again. He he's dressed like a hobo at one point. <laughs> um, he gets a little bit nicer, and then by the end, he's completely done up. So I thought he had like four different outfits, all kind of really different. 
in in where he was and i never really saw so much variation or i don't remember seeing so much variation uh before in the way that any of the characters have kind of dressed to get like four kind of uh, drastically different i guess <laughs> um so that was something that i thought was a nice touch mm-hmm. yeah i think it really painted a picture of the the ups and downs he was going through right <laughs> yeah yeah you got anything else tom now rumpled bill was kind of like my you know that was a nice nice detail on that um and just coming in with the the toothpaste and just squeezing so much toothpaste i guess having to swish it around for a couple seconds and spit it out oh (laughs) that was hard to watch yeah yeah like (laughs) yeah (laughs) who does that (laughs) and why does dave have toothpaste in his desk Lisa. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be ready at all times. Like mouthwash, I could see, but like tooth, like you're going to go brush your teeth in the bathroom or something. Not me. I don't know. Every every office I've worked in, there's always the toothbrush brigade. There's the people who are in there yeah. at the end of the lunch hour brushing their teeth. Yeah. So you got to like true. wait to wash your hands. You're like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Toothbrush Brigade. <laughs> you hated enough to name it. <laughs> Thanks, Lieutenant Colgate. <laughs> All right. Um, I had a background catch. Um, it was sort of in the foreground, though. Um, at the second staff meeting, there's a woman sitting at the conference table, and she gets up and leaves as yes. Dave and Lisa and Bill join. You saw this. To, that's, um, that's actually that was that's gonna be my enigma. Is who's the question? Who is this woman? Oh, were there two well, that so, got up? I thought there was two ladies that were sitting. I, at the well, so I there there possibly are, but this this lady in particular, she exits towards what I always thought was supposed to be the corner of the office. Like she exits towards mm. the fourth wall, basically. Right, right, right. So if you're trying to visualize where the fourth wall would be, she just walked right into it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm just curious, like, was she given direction to exit that way? Do we ever see anyone mm. else walk that direction? It just struck me as so odd. Mm. So I, that to me was like a weird background slash foreground catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have put that in questions. Yeah. I put that in questions. Just because, like, that's a that's a question that I have. Who directed her that? And then again, who is she? And why would she get up and leave when the meeting starts? Like, yeah, who is this? What is this like? The library? Now there's a meeting coming in, so you have to get up and go. Like, why? If you're important enough to sit in the first place, why aren't you there for the meeting? Yeah. Or why are you hanging out before the meeting starts? I don't know. <laughs> you got a lot of questions um, for this woman. I do have a lot of questions. Yeah. She's she's about to get interrogated. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. It was weird. <laughs> Um, so I've got like three more aspects of background catches. All right, go for it. Uh, so one is the way Catherine jumps when Jimmy breaks the display. <laughs> when he snaps it, it really snaps, but she's like, her back is her, I believe, and she jumps <laughs> when he snaps it. Mm. It makes like a, a very sharp sound. So I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe in real life that, that was just the noise. They didn't even have to do any sound effects, but, um, but again, her reactions, I saw that. Um... When Bill comes in at the end, Joe tries to walk away, and Bill actually <laughs> grabs him yeah. and holds him and steers him over. Mm. And like I thought, that was a nice little touch. Of Joe sees it coming, <laughs> and he's trying to go. And Bill, being a little bit bigger, kind of strong arms him over. Um, 
And then I had one more, which is that at the meeting, when they when they do the day's suggestion and spell it with a Z, they all ooh and point. Point about it. Yeah. It's like okay. Everybody is in on it. Yeah, so I like that one. I thought it was good. Those are some nice touches. And it was our, our Yeah, with the the way our Go ahead. the way our episodes have run, it's the second in two episodes or three episodes where we've had a Spike Lee shout out. Oh, it's yeah. going in the Venn diagram. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when um, when he snapped that the pop up or cardboard cutout or whatever it is, there were also two extras in the background who like clearly like mm. looked up, sort of shocked, and then when uh, after Bill says he's just kidding, they sort of like slowly look back down to whatever's on the desk that they're sitting at. So yeah, there was a reaction. I don't think that sound was yeah. added in post i think that was the real sound that the the prop made yeah. when he snapped it <laughs> yeah it was really like you know jimmy's kind of a strong guy yeah you know, like, <laughs> don't, violence don't mess it. with steven rue man <laughs> he won't just burn Never. your building down he'll he'll snap your pop up too <laughs> 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 all right anything else not here nope all right let's talk about keepsakes i think we hit on most of them um, we talked about the cardboard cutout, the cassette recorder, the term paper. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the hobo outfit. <laughs> you can't forget the hobo outfit. Um, yeah. All right. So, Dad, any other keepsakes on your list? Or was was that basically uh, it? Maybe the toothpaste. Yeah, yeah that, was, <laughs> that was my other one. Was the toothpaste. Yeah, it, was, it just was not a lot. To, there, weren't, there weren't a, a lot of objects. Although I do like yeah. Dave's brown mug i mean that anytime those i like those brown mugs even better than the yellow ones yeah those are nice um the only other thing i had on my list was that tape that matthew flung at dave (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's a good one i don't i don't know if i have anything i could play it on but it'd be kind of cool to have (laughs) yeah don't even know what what level of technology it It looks like a cd yeah i kind of did that's how old it is might be an (laughs) a-track All right, uh, let's move on to Enigmas then. Enigmas smothered in secret sauce. Tom, what other questions do you have? Okay, how does Jimmy get that cut out so quickly? That yes. this is you know they're treating they're treating Bill's autobiography like the Pentagon Papers. It's a secret. He's only told <laughs> Dave, and Lisa then finds out, and then of course the staff finds out. But like then the next scene, presumably the same day. Just later in the day, he's in with a with a cardboard cutout of him with a book. Does he have like a guy just on standby to make these things up? What was was? And he he had the photo right. Already, was Bill photographed? Bill didn't yeah, pose for right. that. <laughs> so yeah, that was first on my list of questions. Yeah. <laughs> have uh, have either of you ever owned? like a cardboard cutout of someone like a celebrity or sports star or anything like that, that you maybe used to prank people around your house or anything. No, like that. No. no. Okay. No. I, I knew a girl who had like a, a Han Solo cutout and she had to like carry it okay. through an airport once to get it to where she lived. <laughs> yeah. The wild. It's like, can you imagine having to go through an airport with a cardboard cutout under your arm? <laughs> 
going through airport security. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's going to make things complicated. Yeah, this was late 90s, so, you know, it was a little more lax back then. Okay, don't have to take the shoes off the cutout then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I worked for Kinko's way back in the day, and I'm going to be dating myself here, but um, they corporate hired Ryan Stiles mm-hmm. to do um, some okay. uh, like uh, commercials and some internal employee training videos. He um, He's an actor, comedian, who's who's line on is, whose line yeah. is it anyway, and the Drew Carey Drew show, Carey show. <laughs> the very tall guy. Um, anyway, he played a character named Kenny, and he was supposed to be a Kinko's employee, and he wore the, the outfit, and every store had a cardboard cutout of Kenny in it. And so when we were done, I was I was on closing shift the night that Kenny was supposed to go to the dumpster, and I just took him to my car instead. And nice. so for a long time, <laughs> Kenny lived in my apartment and scared the crap out of me every time I came home. And yes. <laughs> I went, why do I have him here? Yeah. Why is he still here? <laughs> So, no, you only pranked yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yes. <laughs> Never learned that lesson. <laughs> um, yeah, so I also wanted to know who's Jimmy's cardboard cutout guy because he got that there PDQ. <laughs> um, Dad, what other burning questions did you have? Uh, I don't have much. Mine is just uh, pointing out the time problems again, like... Mm. When are they getting drinks? When are they? What time? Like, Mm. yeah, just what is the work day for these people? I still can't figure it out. That's (laughs) that's the most it gets to. You know, again, like the after work, it's late, it's dark outside, and then you know the next morning, Bill shows up like it's nothing. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the timeline never really adds up. Yeah, that kind of rolls into one of mine. I'm pretty sure. I think if you look closely. The outfit that he's wearing when he's all rumpled is the same outfit that he wears to the bar, but yet he's he's tight. You know, it's it's all tight now. It's the same. It's the same tie, I'm pretty sure, and the shirt is the same. And now his hair is all done. So, what happened? What made him decide that? I think I think what might have happened was the order was swapped or something. Like they went to the bar, then the next day he was supposed to come in, and the, the, somehow in the editing they swapped. They just switched the order. And it didn't account for oh. that for that wardrobe. Could be. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look. Check the pattern on the tie or right. something. <laughs> More investigation is needed. Um, I thought it was a little curious. Like, why did Beth call a staff meeting? You know, it's normally like Dave asked Beth, like, go round everyone up for a staff meeting. But here we see her burst into Dave's office with Dave, Lisa, and Bill inside, and she announces there's a staff meeting. So, like, who called it? Beth? Aren't they scheduled? I don't know. We always see Beth. (laughs) We always see Dave saying, Beth, round everyone up for a staff meeting. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was scheduled. The the script called for it, I think. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Paul Sims called it. <laughs> um, Tom, you got any other questions? Uh, no, that was it. I'm tapped out on questions. Okay. Dad, anything else? Nope. Okay. This is more of just like a, a probably a nitpick, I guess. Um, so, like, it's sort of like two questions in one. Like, where does Beth's knowledge of classic literary authors come from? Because I feel like the line, hey, Ernie, F. Scott, and Zelda want to speak with you, didn't ring true to her character. <laughs> And, mm. like, they so often paint Beth as incredibly dumb 
you know, that is like, so how, how well read is she? It felt like more of a Lisa line. And then we get Lisa coming in so proud of herself for balancing a clipboard on her head, which does not seem like a Lisa thing to do. Felt like a a very bad thing to do. I feel like those two things should have been swapped, but of course they needed Lisa in the office for for the one scene and Beth in the office for the other. So, like, I understand why they did it, but at the same time, I'm like, that, that seemed like it should have been switched. <laughs> yeah, that's, um... Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, like, <laughs> like I, you would have read all those authors in high school, right? You know, like, I know I read all of those authors in high school. Just the way it rolled off her tongue so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, from, from the girl who drove to New Jersey to buy a radio because some guy went crazy and was slashing prices, you know? (laughs) I don't know. It just didn't seem like a Beth line to me. It felt more Lisa. Yeah, the snark on it, I think, is why I'm just like, that's fine. It's such a snarky line to throw at everybody. Mm. You know, it kind of felt like, now again, like F. Scott and and Zelda were not exactly like a a picture-perfect couple. You know, it's not like it's not like oh, this is the ideal couple here that I want to talk to you. It's like no, they have their own kind of problems. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of feel like she's taking a shot at everybody, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> which, okay, like yeah, that. that that part is true to that. <laughs> so again, that's just how I kind of looked at it. Yeah, that's how I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like she kind of took a shot mm. at everybody right there. Like, damn. Everyone catching strays. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I also wanted to know, why isn't Dave concerned that Bill knows exactly which drawer Dave keeps his toothpaste in? <laughs> like, the, the first question that came to mind was, why does Bill know where Dave keeps his toothpaste? But then, I guess Bill kind of probably goes through everyone's desk when they're not around. <laughs> but, like, shouldn't Dave, like, especially, like, season two Dave was probably still a little naive and should have been like, why, why do you know where I keep my toothpaste? <laughs> you know? But no, no reaction from him. Not shocked at all. and my last question is why is matthew good at titles what what else has he titled before his diary (laughs) like matthew thinks he's his cat that's the most important part but at the same time he does come up right with the two titles that bill's interested in yeah so maybe he is good at titles that's true and the one that i actually used (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can't remember him but he's good at it that's right he can remember him for like five seconds. That's about it. He's <laughs> like a goldfish. <laughs> That's right. All right. Now we're going to go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internaut. So, as mentioned in part A, there weren't a lot of posts yet in the news radio message board at this stage of the show. There was actually only one post from this week, and it was about an upcoming time slot change. NBC was going to be shuffling its primetime lineup after Sweeps Month. Starting in December, News Radio was going to be airing Sundays at 8.30. Other changes included the cancellation of two shows. The Pursuit of Happiness got canceled after just seven episodes. It starred Tom Amandez. Melinda McGraw, Brad Garrett, and Larry Miller. It was a comedy about a lawyer who takes questionable cases. Heard of two of those people. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Brad Garrett. Um, oh, okay. Larry yeah, Miller. Right. Um, Sequest 2032 got canceled after 57 episodes. 
It starred Don Franklin and Ted Raimi. It was an action-adventure series about colonized oceans. And I guess they should have learned their lesson from Jimmy Lantis Lantis in the underwater (laughs) colony, the final frontier. (laughs) Damn (laughs) bad, Some famous birthdays on the day this episode aired were Goldie Hawn turning 50, Bjork turning 30, and Ken Griffey Jr. turning 26. Mm -hmm. The top song in the U.S. on this day was Exhale by Whitney Houston, and the number one movie at the box office was Apollo 13 starring Tom Hanks. Mm, Good one. And this has been a time capsule from the Internaut. All right, now we want to open it up for a general cast discussion. Um, so anything you guys wanted to bring up about cast performances? I know, Thad, you already mentioned a little bit about um, Catherine reactions. I've got a little bit more to say about that. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, about Catherine's reactions? Yeah. Um, no, again, like I, I just feel like I noticed it so much in a way that I never did in all the times I rewatched it before, but like... Again, the way when Jimmy snaps the thing over her leg, I see how that she jumps mm-hmm. and <laughs> her reactions to stuff. Uh, just, uh, I'm just going to keep on babbling in circles. But ultimately, <laughs> you know, it just comes back to the fact that like I did not appreciate how much she did uh, when she wasn't having speaking roles or really, uh, really involved roles in the episodes of how much she actually contributed to those episodes by doing these small things. Mm-hmm. And this is just another episode where I'm just like, wow, like she's really, really good. It's it's pretty incredibly mm-hmm. pretty incredible and i just wanted to say that i i love when Catherine gets a moment to delight in a moment of <laughs> failure or embarrassment for bill yeah. just yeah. because she so often has to put up with his shenanigans and his unwanted attention and a lot of her reacting is to to him is annoyance or anger yeah. Which she can also pull off flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love when we get to see her just overflowing with joy like we do in this episode when she realizes he hasn't written a single word. <laughs> it's, it's just nice to see she, her getting to enjoy that. <laughs> he hasn't written a word, has he? <laughs> so perfect. So perfect. Tom, any uh, Catherine thoughts in particular? haven't already been stated no i think you you guys covered it pretty good we dissected it to its yes (laughs) all right who are some other characters is is there another character you'd like to call out tom uh well we we did talk about lisa um before thad was talking about uh lisa and um yeah it was a little out of character but like also it's it's funny how often she will be kind of set as the foil like like when the, in the Jimmy episodes, she was kind of set in opposition. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's interesting how they use her character to do that. Um, and in this in this instance, like she's more derogatory than like Dave, you know. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, and Dave's kind of propping Bill up, yeah. which is different because normally they're they're buttonheads. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. Beth had some fantastic moments in this episode. Um, and I would argue that Beth has one of the best laughs 
in television. <laughs> like her laugh makes me laugh mm. every time. <laughs> but okay. my favorite is when she's supposed to be trying to not laugh, like that one. And and this is a great example of it. So the scene when <laughs> she's saying that she's not laughing and she can't even fully get through the sentence without bursting into laughter is really great. And then I feel like Joe just comes along and ruins it by saying, oh, it's just so sad. And I'm like, shut mm. up. <laughs> get out of here with that. It was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, anyone else you guys wanted to talk about? Um, well, just to follow on that, I, Joe's kind of like a bad mood the entire episode. Like, he's a real downer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, he really, like, even when he's like, yeah, loser, like, it, it's yeah, really spirited in a way that the, mm-hmm. the rest of the show just doesn't follow. You know, it's like, it's not out of character. It's not anything too, too bad. But I feel like the entire episode, he's just either like real, real negative. I think the only time he's not negative is at the staff meeting when they're talking about the movie titles, mm. you know, but other than that, like, again, the way you read the weather was just real. real <laughs> like, it's like, he's not even really trying that hard. You know? <laughs> like, I get a little bit of effort, but, um, so yeah, I noticed that Joe just kind of, was kind of a downer all episode off of that. Yeah. So that was that. I, um, I've got at least one more. Go ahead. Uh, so the other thing I think, I think Dave does a really great job of acting just in the end when he goes from pretending uh, to not let Bill do it to the reveal to Lisa, like the way he's like really good with Lisa. Like I'm just like, wow, like this is a a wide range of acting in a very short amount of time. I'm really Mm -hmm. impressed with it because when he storms off and he's like, you know, the case is closed. He says it in a way that I'm just like, that's it. Like, I 100% believe him mm-hmm. that this whole thing is done. And he, he's got the right amount of annoyance and just frustration in his voice. We're like, bam, like, oh, my God. And then Bill comes in and they look at each other and he breaks down <laughs> and they start kind of going back and forth. <laughs> then you get the, again, like the laughing to the just stopping and the, well, is there anything else I can say to change your mind? No, no, that'll be it. Like, yeah. overacting. And then, like, and like, hey, really good, Lisa. I thought you were going to break, like... Wow, you know, I, I really felt I really felt like that ending of the episode. What Dave Foley does, what um, Dave Nelson does, is just like really, really impressive to watch. Uh, one one actor kind of display that whole range and play every single one of those notes right for that situation. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Yeah, and it's like having rewatched it. You all obviously know what's coming. But right. you you try to sort of put your shoe yourself in the shoes of someone who's never seen it before, and and you can sort of feel that like you you feel that like oh yeah someone would buy this people would be like oh yeah, yeah. Dave is shutting it down for good yeah. reason too because Bill's being a total ass about it you know <laughs> yeah. yeah I think they both really sold it in that moment I think this might it's it's hard because we're not going in order but I feel like this might be where we start to see a little of the hero worship with Matthew and Bill because mm. um, this is a pretty early episode this is like what like the 14th episode overall mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that right. and we've got Matthew right. sort of following him around and trying to say like you know what we do is sort of the same thing and um, you know taking his <laughs> his insults with a smile and stuff like that so this might be a little bit of the beginning of that I'm not <laughs> okay. sure but <laughs> bobbles and trinkets yeah. oh god this <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch for that coffee stain, though. That's interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else in the general cast discussion you wanted to bring up? Nope. No. No. 
Okay, so let's talk about something on the fly. What is a scene you would like to add to this episode? Um, Tom. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Dave recording Horse With No Name and how many attempts it takes him to get to the uh, ultimate version that he has. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a good one. A little bit of a montage. Right. <laughs> nope, that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thad, how about you? Um, I, I think it'd be good if you saw a, a scene where Jimmy takes the broken display back to a storage closet and he actually has uh, life-size displays of all of the staff members ready to go. <laughs> Like, that was what I was like. He's already anticipating that they're going to be successful. He's going to be able to use them in a marketing scheme at some point. So see one of Catherine kind of like in a business suit, one of Dave kind of sitting there, like, you know, almost kind of like stacked up against the wall. Where he just kind of comes in and throws it down and looks around, you know, dusts his hands off and then walks back out. Um, you answered the enigma. Advertising. I did. I did. So like it came out and I was like, ooh, like I got to wait for it. Uh, but I think it'd be hilarious nice. if he, like he did. He had a, he had the whole staff ready to go for advertising and, <laughs> and finding ways. He's got to one of Milos <laughs> <laughs> and Carl from accounting. Oh, that's great. Um, I'd like to see a scene set in the future with Bill. He's at a book reading for his autobiography, which he has finally published. He was still unable to write it, so it was ghostwritten by Matthew. And most of the stories are about cats, <laughs> which Bill has never had, but Matthew made up because he thinks Bill should have cats. And, of course, Bill never bothered to proofread any of the stories or anything like that. That would have been beneath him. So he's having sort of a, you know, macho business donkey wrestler <laughs> moment where he's reading it for the first time at his own book reading. <laughs> Where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? Is he Matthew in the scene? Oh, is he oh, like Math- next to him? No, yeah, or? Matthew's there. Um, oh, that's great. Much like um, the, uh, what was it? The the scene where he wrote the, um, oh, in rap, where he, he okay. had written the story <laughs> that Bill read on air, and he's sort of just standing there in the background behind the tapes, <laughs> you know? Okay. So, so Matthew is there in the bookstore just sort of like standing behind the stacks of books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because you can even have Matthew in the back, and I'm thinking about how he reads uh, the vigilante announcement when he finds out what happened. He's like, more after this. Storms the back to confront him. What is this? You told me to write about cats. Uh, but, like, just, yeah, just him getting angry as he reads part. And, uh, so, you could take that scene either way. I think it'd be really funny. I think so. Um, Tom, you got any more? Uh, no, that's it. How about you, Thad? Nope. Just nope, one side. I got. I got one more. It's a little more far fetched, <laughs> but um, I want to see a montage of literally everyone else publishing an autobiography, like that thing where a bunch of newspaper headlines spin onto the screen, but it's everybody's yeah. book cover. Even Joe inexplicably has published an autobiography. <laughs> Maybe Milos, I don't know. Um, and cap it off with a, a scene of Bill dumping a stack of all their books into a dumpster. Oh man. <laughs> all right so we're to our catch-all category 
we usually do recasting, but there was really no, there were no extras or anything to recast this time around. So I thought I would talk a little bit about Bill's autobiography, since this title, the title of this episode is Bill's autobiography. Um, we talked a little bit about it in Meet the Hosts, but, um, so if you listen to that episode, you already heard a little bit about it, but um, I actually wrote Bill's autobiography. It's a, uh, it's called Sometimes a Drinking Man. It's a book that's available for sale in paperback and can also be read for free online. Um, I have long been a lover of fan fiction, and that was actually how I first got into writing. But I was inspired to write this one partially because of the podcast Dispatches from Fort Awesome. If you've listened to that podcast, you know that one of the hosts, Jen, who lives on the ether, had a running segment about Bill and his psyche, and it got me thinking about how often the writers would drop little nuggets of Bill's life story into news radio plots, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized I had to write it. So, um, in the process of writing it, I studied this episode quite a bit, as you might guess. <laughs> um, I also scoured the news radio timeline for answers to some burning questions I had, because I wanted the book to be as true to canon as possible. So I didn't want to directly contradict anything we actually saw Bill say on screen. Some of the questions I wanted to answer were, where is Bill from? So I couldn't find anywhere in the show where it ever said where he's originally from. I settled on upstate New York because I found it doubtful he would actually be from New York City, but his total disdain for other parts of the country seemed to indicate that New York might be his home state. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? If you had to pick a, a home state or a hometown for Bill, does anything come to mind, or do you think he's a New Yorker? I kind of like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wears the Yankees hat, uh, so that kind of makes sense. Like Albany, somewhere like that, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it works. Rochester. Yeah. yeah, I thought you know I thought he was going to be from a city because I I know it's weird, but the high school is called Central. Mm. Yeah, and Central Central High has yeah. lost the full pack with the reveals of Cain and Daughter. <laughs> See, <laughs> you know, and so I get this image of just kind of like you know like a blue collar, hard nosed town, mm-hmm. but probably very close to you know it's got a large population. Okay, enough that there's probably multiple uh, multiple high schools. So you know I think upstate New York, but maybe even somewhere that's a little closer to the city. I was thinking a Pittsburgh like setting. Okay. So maybe you know if there's anything even closer to New York than Pittsburgh, but uh, that's again the, the details of his life growing up. That for some reason I kind of associate with that type of setting. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. There's so, the the details they give are so tiny, mm. but they sort of yeah. bloom a story in your mind. So that's an interesting take. Um, when was Bill born? Was a question I needed to answer. Uh, so we learn in the breakup that his birthday is on June 19th. Um, in this episode, he states that he was in college in 1968. So I like that gave me a little something to hold on to, a general age range. So right. I ended up going with Phil Hartman's birth year, which was 1948. So, so okay. in my book, that's his birthday, June 19th, 1948. Um, I also needed to answer what college did Bill go to? And in the episode Sleeping, which is the one where Jimmy has a heart attack and he's in a coma in the break room, <laughs> um, <laughs> When, he, when Bill is doing his college radio bit, he uses the call letters WFIB, which were the call letters of a college radio station at University of Cincinnati. 
he never says officially that that was that those were his call letters or anything but just based on that one tiny sliver of information i decided okay that's where bill went to college there you go (laughs) yeah that makes sense um so those were some things that gave me some clues there were also some parts of bill's background that i didn't have any clues for at all so i just had to fill in the blanks um and some ideas seemed logical like he talks about his aunt hired him uh, at her radio right. station to get him to stop drinking mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, I decided that, sure, that was the same crazy aunt that he later says he filed a restraining order against. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right. Uh, some of my ideas were a little more far-fetched, like the <laughs> identity of Bill's brother. Um, yeah. I'm not going to reveal it here in case you haven't read the story yet, but I was sure fans would be coming after me with pitchforks for that one. <laughs> um, and they might still. You never know. And the book basically starts with a foreword by none other than Jimmy James. Then the first half of the book is his life leading up to WNYX as best as I could put it together. And the second half is his life at WNYX with full chapters dedicated to each of the other main cast members. And then it's capped off with his acknowledgments, which is really just him calling out all his sworn enemies, both <laughs> real and imagined. <laughs> And um, Perfect. all in all, the entire book is filled with news radio Easter eggs, some obvious, some not so much. And if you haven't read it yet, I'll put the links in the show notes to where you can read it for free or where you could buy a copy and paperback form if you want. I will say the paperback includes a cover illustrated by me and some fictional reviews of the book by some of the other employees of WNYX <laughs> on the back. <laughs> so, a little extra fun for you Adequate there. touch. <laughs> It is an adequate touch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Anything else you guys wanted to include in a catch-all category? Uh, I just wanted to mention the fashion. Um, Most notably, I did not hate anybody's outfits uh, in this episode. You know, I was like, hey, you know what? For once, I'm not actually... There's None of my attention is going to be in, like wow, I do not like that outfit or, you know, there's something that catches my attention about it. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of like, this is kind of a, like, these women are looking pretty good type of episode overall. Hmm. So uh, I think that because we, we kind of noted some of the uh, fashion choices we didn't really like so much, it's only fair to kind of mention I thought this was one where everyone seemed to be kind of really well-dressed and, uh, and yeah. looking pretty good, looking pretty good. That's Several fair. different. We got to give yeah. credit where credit's due. <laughs> Several different changes for everybody. So yeah. 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 Uh, Beth yeah. had a really nice dress. I thought Catherine yeah. looked really great mm-hmm. through the entire episode. You know, like Matthew looked almost a little bit more right. professional. <laughs> Joe looked like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lisa actually had a couple. You know, a couple solid choices there. Like no, yeah. no giant pants right. on Lisa. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, everyone looked nice. Yeah, good good looking out. Yeah, everyone (laughs) looked all right. (laughs) All right, then we're going to move on to plots explained badly or headlines where we are going to very poorly explain the plot line of this episode or uh, put it in uh, headline form in a way that uh, (laughs) basically turns it into clickbait is what we're trying to do here. So I think I've got more than everybody else. So maybe I'll start off. All right. Um, AM radio personality defrauds publishing company and alienates coworkers. (laughs) (laughs) 
I tell me like the fraud aspect. Like, that's not something you think about. Like you have to assume that he already took the money. He's what three months, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's had three months to write two words. That's right. So yeah, he probably got in advance. Yep. Yep. Probably. Oof. Um, it's this is just kind of making me realize. I I saw an interview with um, Josh Radner, who's on How I Met okay. Your Mother. Um, yep. he he was supposed to write a book and took an advance and couldn't write it and made himself crazy and basically just gave it back. He was like, here, take the money. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. <laughs> so he basically did what Bill ended up doing, I'm sure. Or maybe... I can actually see that. Maybe uh, Bill found a way to keep the money. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Bill found something. <laughs> but, maybe that's why sure he used to do uh, garage door. And I'm G- sure he had his contract yeah. with him, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, nice. Tom, what do you got? Unwritable book drives shock jock suicidal. <laughs> shock jock. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. <laughs> um, Thad, do you got anything? Um, <laughs> I've got this breakthrough technology and toothpaste allows you to swish swirl and come out with clean teeth. <laughs> See Dentist Quarterly. It's like it's not really a headline, more of a commercial, no. but I'll take it. Bit. I don't know. I think the I think the dental technology is headline really. It's clickbait. I'd click it. All right. Um here's another one. Local news director becomes entangled in a web of lies to help reporter maintain his fragile ego. It's <laughs> good. Tom, you got any more? Uh, sure. One more. Um, shallow, middle-aged man surprised to find his life is empty. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little too many people's Shocking. life right. story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would not click on that. <laughs> <laughs> Too close to home. You got any more, Thad? Nope. Just just my dental gem. <laughs> it was a gem. All right, I got one last one. Dan Rather files a cease and desist order against a local news radio reporter for various copyright violations. <laughs> this, this is assuming something happened after the episode took place. <laughs> Safe assumption. <laughs> this is like Bill basically just copied Dan Rather's book in full and put his name <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> it's like, sure, why not? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the next episode on the Hoodoo Factory conveyor belt will be our 50th episode, the third and final episode in our Bill Bastic unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. Good night, pumpkin. But a fuco to you too. Panios. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever.
Hey, news radiologists, stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Hey, Unread Books, how's everyone doing today? Not great. Remember all those years ago when Kelly saw that she could download me and she was so excited because she'd heard about me and she could read me early? Not only has she not read me early, I've been out of print for three years. Has she read me? She has not. Well, you know, Rachel claims that, you know, she loves the series that I'm a part of. And I am the concluding book in the series and she still has not read me. I've been on her Kindle for seven years. I know Julia reads. I see her reading all the time, but they're new books. And I've been here. I'm here. I'm right here. Pick me up. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. And we're very happy to now be a part of the Stolen Dress Entertainment Podcast Network. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. 